0: Welcome to Go Green Radio, folks. Welcome to a brand new year, 2012, of Go Green Radio. I want to give a quick shout-out to all my tweets who follow the show and follow what we're talking about. on uh, My Twitter feed, if you want to do the same, you can check me out at at Jill Buck. Uh, we're having a lot of conversations going on back and forth about the topic of today's show, which is fracking and you may be wondering what the frac is going on we keep seeing headlines from Pennsylvania and Ohio and Oklahoma um about what's going on with uh, the natural gas extraction method known as fracking um we saw recently that there was a big earthquake a uh, 4.0 in Ohio you know that's not a place we normally think of as earthquake country that was on new years and and a lot of folks are thinking that that was related to the hydraulic fracturing of the shale underneath that area of, uh, Ohio. And we're going to be talking today to someone who could answer some of the questions that we have about fracking, what it is, what kind of seismic activity is associated with us. It's John Ar- um, Armbruster. He is associated with, um, Columbia University's, um, institute uh, that he has been with the Lamont Doherty Earth Observatory, a seismologist with them for many, many years, associated with them since 1969, and has done a lot of study about um, exactly what's going on with fracking and seismic movement. Welcome to Go Green Radio, John. Glad you could join us.
2: Uh, Good morning, Jill. Good to be with you.
0: Well, let's begin just by walking our listeners through what fracking is. Can you talk us through the process of this method of extracting natural gas?
2: Right. Well, fracking or hydrofracking is something that's fairly new to the oil and gas industry and is, uh, is becoming a big deal in Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania particularly, it hasn't come to New York yet. Mm-hmm. This hydrofracking. This this is where, in order to extract natural gas or oil, you like the in the old-fashioned way, you would just drill down, and you drill into the the horizons of the geology where the oil or the gas is. And uh, in in the in the classic example, the the oil well the oil shoots out of the well when you hit the gusher. Right. Well, a lot of the gushers have already been found, and we're not finding many gushers anymore. We have to try harder. Mm-hmm. Now, now, with fracking, you drill down into the layers where the gas is, in this case, and the gas doesn't want to come back, back out again because the rocks which the gas is in are not very porous they're in 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 the in Pennsylvania and what's coming to New York the gas is in a shale rock which is not very porous you drill into it the gas doesn't come shooting back out the gas is coming out very slowly so you you want to pr- promote the gas coming back out to do this you force liquid at pressure into the well, and this, li- this liquid fractures the rock and goes spreads out from your well, fracturing the rock. And the, the, the fracturing fluid, the fracturing liquid that you pump into the well includes sand. So you force this fracking liquid into the well it forces itself out from the bottom of the well into the shale, fracturing the shale and forcing sand into these fractures that you create so that you can pump back out of that well again. And these fractures have been opened and held open with the grains of sand. And the gas flows back out of this well many times more rapidly than it was before you were fracking the well.
3: Mm-hmm. The
2: the other technology which has come fairly recently to uh, make this a big deal is the ability to drill down and direct the well to the side. That the, In most of the fracking in Pennsylvania, the well goes down into this layer of shale and the shale is in horizontal layers. You drill down into the shale, and then you can turn the drill to the side mm-hmm. and go sometimes even further to the side than you went down into the shale. And you you frack in this horizontal portion of your drilling out to make fractures in as as big a volume of the shale as possible to get as much gas back out again as possible.
0: So you're not just punching holes vertically into the shale rock underneath the the, the earth. You're actually going down, then maybe making a 90 degree turn and making a long fracture. Um, Make, well, you're making
2: shale. a long drill hole.
0: Uh-huh.
2: That's, uh huh. That's that's actual piece of pipe, mm-hmm. and and in, in the details you will. You'll have this long piece of pipe going down and then turning horizontally in the shale.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And this is, this is a sealed pipe. And then at the very, you will start at the very end. You'll put something down into the very end of the pipe and make a hole. Mm-hmm. Make some holes. And you'll fracture from the very end. And then you'll pull back a bit, make some holes, and fracture from another place. And you, you, you can, you can multiply fracture, multiply hydro one well to make as, as big and as, uh, thorough a frac, a set of fractures into this shale where the gas is waiting for you to get it. You uh-huh. can pull it back out again. You want to, you, you want not just your drill hole, you want that drill hole to be connected to a lot of fractures that go out into the shale uh-huh. to allow as much natural gas as possible to come back out again.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, give us some idea of how deep these, you know, this drilling is happening. How far down and how far to the side does it go?
2: Well, in in well uh, in Pennsylvania, it's. Uh, a few thousand feet down and then thousands of feet to the side. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's how, however deep this, uh, in, in Pennsylvania and in New York, most of this is in what's called the Marsalis shale. Mm-hmm. you, you can do a Google search and, and find some, uh, find a map that shows what the depth of the Marsalis shale is mm-hmm. in various parts of Pennsylvania. It's deeper in Pennsylvania It becomes shallower as it goes into New York, Mm -hmm. and as you get near the sort of central New York, it's coming out at the surface. So it's it's a it's a a layered geology, which is near the surface in central New York gets goes beneath as you go south into New York, as you pass into Pennsylvania, it's getting even deeper and then it goes away.
0: You know, it's funny. And speaking about Pennsylvania, I just saw a story on the Associated Press this morning about Pennsylvania families asking the EPA chief to send water to their community because they believe that uh, their water has been contaminated by the process of fracking. Um, From a seismologist's perspective, is that possible? I mean, is it... You know, is there credibility to this claim?
2: It, it, it's possible. In, in, it's not what you want to do when, you, when you're fracking. You want the, the fractures to stay in the shale layer.
3: Mm-hmm. And
2: depending on how deep that shale layer is, you, you may be well below, you should be well below the water table. It, it depends, you know, did you keep your fractures within the shale? And what is above the shale? Is there Mm -hmm. a good seal above the shale? Where I think most of the problem comes in damaging people's water wells, as you're drilling down near the surface, you have to drill through the water table, the water that people nearby would be drinking. Mm
3: -hmm. You're drilling
2: through that to get down and get into the shale layer. You You need to seal the space around your your well, you're, mm-hmm. you're sticking a pipe down. You need a good seal around it because so you, if you don't have a good seal around this pipe that goes down and then to the side, then yes, this these the the deeper waters come back up around the outside of your pipe and mm-hmm. can get into the drinking water. Now this 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 problem of sealing around your well where it's going down. I've read that that was also a problem in the BP oil well in the Gulf disaster. Mm-hmm.
0: I was just thinking the same thing. That sounds like such a familiar situation. How
2: yeah, well, how it, do it, we it's know? In the case of uh, you know that the, in in the Gulf well and in some of these hydrofracturing wells. It's not done very well, you know. It's it's some maybe some maybe you accuse whoever did it of being incompetent, but this 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 can be done right and well, and somebody can mess it up.
0: Of course, I mean, like just about any other process. In in the case of
2: Pennsylvania, you have hundreds of these wells that are being fracked. Mm -hmm. If if one percent are done in a bad way, it can, that's what you look at.
3: Mm -hmm.
0: How, I mean, how do we know when communities see a a natural gas operation coming into their community, what kind of regulation or safeguards are put in place to be able to assure the community that it is a safe operation and it will, you know, not contaminate their water?
2: Uh, I'm a seismologist. I'm, I'm not familiar with all the rules and regulations
3: Mm-hmm. And it,
2: it goes by every state. I that, see. That they, the, the, the licenses for these wells that are fracked,
3: mm-hmm. the
2: rules that protect the drinking water from being harmed, these are all rules that are state by state. I see. And Pe- Pennsylvania kind of rushed ahead, and, mm-hmm. and fracking is a big deal in Pennsylvania. It hasn't been permitted in new york state yet and Mm -hmm. there's a lot of controversy about keeping the fracking away from uh, water reservoirs Mm
3: -hmm.
2: and 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 now the problem of earthquakes and what what how will we do it? the how how in new york state will we do it right and maybe learn from a few mistakes that have been made in pennsylvania
0: Right. And we're going to be talking about those earthquakes in just a few moments. We're going to take a quick commercial break. But, folks, don't go away. There's much more Go Green Radio right after this.
1: News. Opinion. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787, 1-866-472-5787, voiceamerica.com. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. For more information about Covanta Energy, visit us today at www.covantaenergy.com. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com.
0: Welcome back to Go Green Radio. If you're just joining us, you're in for a treat because we are talking about something that is in the the headline almost every single day. And that's this issue of fracking for natural gas. And sometimes when you read a newspaper article about it, it's hard to glean from that article exactly what's going on. So we're taking a comprehensive look on what it is, what's happening, and from a seismologist's point of view, um, what kind of impact this fracking is having on on the Earth. Um, we're joined today by John Armbruster, a seismologist affiliated with Columbia University's Lamont Doherty Earth Observatory, and he's been quite involved with studying the seismic activity that's been happening recently in Ohio, where they recently had a 4.0 earthquake. And, you know, John, there's some who are blaming that seismic activity, uh, both in Ohio and Oklahoma, even in the United Kingdom, on fracking. Why is it that you believe that fracking has been a part of these earthquakes?
2: Well, I'd like to draw a distinction that the, the, the fracking itself, as I was just describing, of forcing water into the well, hydrofracturing, making the fractures that allow more natural gas to come out. That's not where uh, this magnitude 4 earthquake in Ohio occurred. Okay. This, this, this fracking, you're, you're, you're making fractures in the shale. You'll be making some very tiny earthquakes. And if, if you wish to study how effective your fracking is, you can put sensitive seismic instruments and see very tiny earthquakes and study how effective your fracking is by seeing these fractures being generated. Mm-hmm. Th- those are very tiny earthquakes that uh, are, are not going to be felt by anyone. No, those are in the fracking wells. Okay. When you, as I was describing, you, you force the liquid into the fracking well and create the fractures. Then you start pumping out of the well to get natural gas. Well, the first thing that comes back out of this well that's been fracked is the liquid that you use to do the fracking. Mm-hmm. And there are you know, truckloads of that, and that, that needs to be disposed of. That that fracking liquid ha- is uh, is at least water with some brine. It's uh, water with the natural salts that are in the earth. Mm -hmm. But that fracking fluid also contains some chemicals that these oil companies put in the fracking process to promote the natural gas coming back out again. Mm -hmm. So each fracking well produces some truckloads of waste after you do the fracking and as it's in its routine operation of pumping natural gas out there there's a a dribble of, of liquid waste that's collected at the well and picked up mm-hmm. so these fracking wells produce a waste liquid that's generously called a brine but it has some chemicals in it too mm-hmm. the earthquakes that we're seeing in Youngstown, Ohio, are located where there's a well to dispo- dispose of this waste. And ah. this, this well that disposes of the waste in Youngstown is disposing of the waste from hundreds of fracking wells.
0: Oh, wow. So we're not so, talking so about the fracking pipes. So a pipe. big
2: contrast This is difference. Here ah, the in- at, okay. At a fracking well... At a, at a well, it's actually producing the natural gas that we want. The fracking itself lasts a day or two.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And produces some very tiny earthquakes that oil company seismologists might study
3: mm-hmm. or
2: probably don't even worry about. Right. That, but for hundreds of these fracking wells that, you know, the, this, this process of a day or two is not not long enough to, to generate earthquakes that people feel. Right. And, and it's in relatively shallow layers. Mm-hmm. But for hundreds of these fracking wells, you need a disposal well for the waste. And this, for example, this disposal well in Youngstown has operated for more than a year. Then I draw a contrast between... A fracking that's a day or two, and a well that is injecting waste for more than a year, which is what we had in Youngstown. Mm-hmm. And this disposal well in Youngstown is it want it wants to keep this waste away from the drinking water, so it injects this waste in, in the deeper layers, even below. Where oil, the oil and gas was taken out of. I in, see. in the case of this Youngstown well, it's injecting the waste into a sandstone, which is right above the basement. So mm. the, the, the sandstone is the, the, at the bottom of the relatively young geology, and the basement is the very old geology that...
0: Uh, yeah. Gotcha. Now, when they inject this waste fluid from the fracking process into these wells... Um,
2: yeah, so, so we, we inject... We, we, we're injecting at pressure the waste from hundreds of fracking wells
0: mm-hmm.
2: into this disposal well in Youngstown.
0: So we're not talking we're, we're about a little drip-drip-drip...
2: <laughs> We're trying to put that into the sandstone, which is right above the basement. The sandstone is a good place for it, but the basement is where you'll find the earthquakes. And nice. the well in Youngstown has has found the earthquakes there.
0: So when they inject this wastewater into, the, into these wells, they're doing it at a fairly high pressure?
2: I, I, I haven't heard what the pressure is in Youngstown, mm-hmm. but... Uh, one, one hour drive north of Youngstown, there was another waste disposal well in Ashtabula
3: mm-hmm.
2: that I studied 20 or 30 years ago.
0: Yeah, tell us that, about in, that.
2: In, in that well, the pressure was 1,450 pounds per square inch.
0: That's a lot of pressure.
2: Yeah. One, one square inch has, uh, more than a thousand pounds.
3: Mm
0: hmm. Tell us go ahead and tell us about that case and how y- maybe you could compare and contrast what happened there to what happened in Youngstown
2: uh, I think it's very similar that uh, th- this well in Ashtabula disposed didn't what there was no fracking back then this well in ashtabula was disposing of waste from a plant that made uh, white pigment for white paint so they they were they were making white pigment out of titanium oxide. Mm -hmm. So there was a waste from this process that was called a a brine and in Ashtabula there was a well which went down 1.82 kilometers and disposed of this waste brine at a pressure of 100 times atmospheric pressure. So. One, one thousand, one, one thousand, one, one thousand, uh, no, no, it's one thousand four hundred and fifty pounds per square inch. And the Ashtabula well was disposing of waste at the rate of thirty gallons a minute. So the comparison I make is if you picture a big oil drum that's fifty-five gallons Mm -hmm. every two minutes, a big oil drum worth of fluid is pumped into the ground. Mm
3: -hmm. In
2: Ashtabula, they started pumping in 1986, and one year later, there was a magnitude 3.7 earthquake about 800 meters from the bottom of the well. So that's Ashtabula in the 1980s. In Youngstown, you have a well which goes down 2.7 kilometers.
3: Mm -hmm.
2: And that well started pumping in December of 2010. In March of 2011, you had the first earthquakes that are known. So in, in one case, you pumped for a year and had earthquakes 800 meters away. Mm -hmm. In Youngstown, you pumped for three months and found earthquakes about a kilometer away after three months.
0: Is there any way for the companies who are doing this, you know, waste fluid injection to be able to say, well, maybe the earthquake was just caused by natural causes? I mean, it it just seems like such common sense that you know, one caused the other, but do they have a leg to stand on that says we didn't have anything to do with that earthquake?
2: Well, I I can never produce absolute proof. Mm -hmm. There's always a possibility of a coincidence. Mm -hmm. But in the case of Ashtabula, that county had no earthquake in known history. So Ashtabula didn't have an earthquake in more than a hundred years, you know, perhaps we would, mm-hmm. we, perhaps we would know of an earthquake there of that size there, back uh, to the Civil War, more mm-hmm. than a hundred years ago. So you, for more, in more than a hundred years, you don't have an earthquake. A year after you start pumping, you have an earthquake. So you, you're, you're getting down to sort of one year out of more than a 100 years, mm-hmm. that it's a random chance. And mm-hmm. similarly in Youngstown, Ohio, that, that that county has no history of any earthquakes. And three months after they start pumping into this disposal well, you get earthquakes. They'll never be absolute proof.
0: That's what they're that, counting That on. a well
2: produces <laughs> a given earthquake. Mm-hmm. I say my comparison would be that, that's why in court you are not required to have absolute proof. In in court, you are only required to have proof beyond a reasonable doubt. And right. If if you and then and that's I, for I, I murder. In a I civil think,
0: case, uh, it's a preponderance of the evidence, and that's an even lesser burden. So you know, if, if, I if, think if,
2: you're right. If if your house were damaged in Youngstown. And you filed a civil suit, then mm-hmm. then you only need the preponderance of the evidence.
0: Precisely. Well, we've got to take a quick commercial break, John. But we're going to talk some more about these earthquakes and other seismic activity around the fracking issue. So don't go away, folks. We've got a lot more Good Green Radio right after this.
1: News, News. News. opinion. Two views, different topics, questions, answers, answers, news, and advice. You'll want to check out Ecoman and the Skeptic live from Philadelphia University. Every week, join hosts Rob Fleming and Chris Pastor as they tackle a different topic on sustainability. You'll hear all sides of the issue supported by guests who provide valuable insights.
2: Get ready to be engaged, educated, and entertained when you tune into Ecoman and the Skeptic
1: broadcast live every wednesday at 3 p.m eastern time noon pacific time on the voice america variety channel take a wild guess how much garbage generated in the united states today is converted into energy is it 26 percent 43 percent or 14 percent
0: Welcome back to Go Green Radio. Today we're talking about fracking and the seismic activity that we've been seeing around some injection wells where the waste fluid from fracking is being pumped into the earth. And we're talking with seismologist John Armbruster, who's associated with Columbia University's um, Lamont-Doherty Earth Observatory. And John, you told me uh, earlier that you have done some work in many different areas of the world, but in particular, you did a study in Pakistan, where they were concerned that some human activities might cause earthquakes. And you even told me that you've been to Abbottabad many times, which, of course, was made a household name when Osama bin Laden was killed there last year. Uh, Talk about some of your work there in Pakistan and how it relates to what what we're talking about today in terms of man-made earthquakes.
2: Well, in, in, in addition to the possibility that injecting fluid into the ground can cause earthquakes, among seismologists, it's accepted that filling a reservoir can have an effect on the earthquakes.
3: Mm-hmm. And
2: we were called to work in Pakistan at Tarbella Reservoir, where as they were constructing the, the dam, they, they felt some earthquakes, and people started looking at each other and saying, well, we, we should do more about the earthquake problem. So we, Columbia University was hired to put a seismic network around the proposed reservoir at uh, Tarbella in Pakistan, and we monitored the earthquakes as, as the reservoir was filled for the, for the first and second and third times to see what effect filling the reservoir would have on the earthquakes. Mm-hmm. Now, one of our seismic stations, in order to drive to that I would have to drive through Abbottabad. Mm. So I've, I've been there many times.
3: <laughs> so if,
2: as someone who's experienced with Abbottabad, I would uh, recommend that if, if you're in Abbottabad, visit Osama's bin Laden's house and take a look at that. But then <laughs> I, I recommend a Chinese restaurant. Oh, really? And, uh, the tell. Chinese restaurant is good. But Abbottabad <laughs> was also noted because it has the Pakistan Military Academy. And oh that's the, right. The, the fun thing at the Chinese restaurant is that many of the other customers will be cadets at the military academy and they they've been ordered to avoid fraternizing with foreigners.
3: Mm. So it's
2: funny at the Chinese restaurant the way the military <laughs> cadets will avoid <laughs> eye contact and do whatever they can to avoid a conversation because if they get into a conversation with you in the Chinese restaurant with witnesses, they'll have to fill out a fraternization with foreigners form. Oh, wow. And and report their conversation and tell what subjects were discussed.
0: Scandalous. (laughs) But what
2: what we found at this reservoir in Pakistan was that filling the reservoir caused a reduction in the number of earthquakes. Uh And that's because we were in the Himalayan mountains and the earthquakes were trying to push the mountains up. Uh-huh. And we filled the reservoir and added a weight and held the mountains back temporarily. And yeah. when the reservoir was filled, uh, there was a slight decrease in the number of earthquakes.
0: Amazing. You know, I mean, I think for, for some of us who are civilians when it comes to anything having to do with seismology... The, the thought of us little bit of human beings actually having that kind of an impact on this great big earth is is kind of kind of amazing. One of the things that I have to ask because i I wondered about this when I read about the earthquake in my own. I live in California, but it, the Ohio earthquake was mentioned in the newspaper when it happened, and I wondered, you know okay, so if this injection fluid is is what 's causing that earthquake and they just stop pumping it. I wondered, is that enough or does it take a long time for the pressure that's been potentially causing these earthquakes to dissipate so that you don't have to worry about seismic activity? I mean, is it enough to just stop pumping or is that pressure something that has to dissipate over a long period of time?
2: Yeah, you've raised an important point that you're right, that this well in Youngstown has pumped into the ground for a year. If you if you stop pumping, that excess pressure doesn't suddenly go away. Mm-hmm. That right around the well, right around where you're pumping, the pressure is decreasing. Mm-hmm. But at the outer edges, where the pressure has just started to reach, you, even after you stop pumping, that pressure is going to keep increasing. Mm-hmm. The the comparison I make is that, uh, w- when the rainstorm ends, that's not when the flood ends.
3: <laughs> that's yeah. right.
2: That, that, uh, pumping into the ground is like the, the rain feeding the flood. And if you stop feeding the flood, the flood has to spread out and dissipate. And, and there's another important point that these earthquakes are earthquakes, the earthquakes in Youngstown are earthquakes that were sitting there waiting to, hap- to happen sometime in the future. Mm-hmm. And, and we've, we've g- grabbed these earthquakes and, and made them happen now in, instead of uh, a thousand years from now. Mm-hmm. So well, you uh, know- that, ma- that makes a difference for us.
0: Well, it does. And you know, one of the things that I found a little bit troubling, um, I looked on the America's Natural Gas Alliance website, and they were kind of downplaying both the connection between fracking and and earthquakes, but also the magnitude of the earthquakes. Um, I want to read to you some things that were on their website, and then get your reaction to it. Because, you know, I live in California, we have tremors all of the time. But um, sometimes those tremors can and cause a slip, you know, or some movement in the many, many fault lines that we have that can cause much bigger earthquakes. So it kind of makes me uncomfortable for folks to downplay a 4.0 magnitude, you know, uh, uh Earthquake, but anyway, here's what they say, and I'd like to get your reaction to it. Um, They said, uh, minor and imperceptible seismic activity is extremely common. For instance, roughly 1.3 million 2 to 2.9 magnitude earthquakes happen every year around the world. Later on down the page, they say, Uh, The Oklahoma Geological Survey seismologist um, Austin Holland says seismic events around development activity are, quote-unquote, really quite insequential, he said. In separate comments on a potential earthquake risk from hydraulic fracturing, Stanford University geophysicist Professor Mark Zoback stated that the typical energy released in these instances is, quote, is still the equivalent to a gallon of milk falling off a kitchen counter. Current scientific understanding indi- indicates that micro-seismic events are, that are man-made occur at deep levels that are imperceptible to human humans. And finally, um, the website states, 1,047 earthquakes of varying degrees were recorded in Oklahoma in 2010 alone. Fewer than 10% actually were felt by residents. I don't know. Uh, that that doesn't comfort me. How do you feel about their comments, Joan? Well,
2: they they in a sense they are agreeing with me i i said earlier that the fracking itself is not the problem
3: right right
2: and that that fracking makes some very tiny earthquakes that that could be studied and 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 oil companies have uh groups of seismologists who can come out and look at the actual fracking as it's happening and by recording these tiny earthquakes they they can study how the frac where they can study every fracture as yeah. it's being created and try to improve their techniques. Mm-hmm. I, I was emphasizing that it, it's the disposal wells where waste is being deposited over months and years that's the problem in Ashtabula and Youngstown. And I would also say if if some oil company guy was... Speaking to me and saying, oh, there are 1,047 earthquakes in Oklahoma in 2010. Uh, That's nothing for us to worry about. I I would turn back to him and laugh and say, you you caused 90 to 99 percent of those. (laughs) Oklahoma has been drilled into and oil and gas sucked out. For more than a hundred years, that uh, m- most of these earthquakes are caused by oil and gas activities.
3: Right. So and let's be if, really, if, really.
2: If, if we if we hadn't been drilling Oklahoma for a hundred years, Oklahoma would look like Iowa. That uh, mm-hmm. there aren't oil fields in Iowa, and. Iowa has almost zero earthquakes. The, that there are a thousand earthquakes in Oklahoma is uh, is, is accepting a, a distorted situation as the normal.
0: Right. And so for our listeners, here's where I want to make sure that I'm being clear and that I understand this. It's really not necessarily, or not at all, the fracking itself that's causing these seismic events. It's actually... The, um, the, the way that the waste product or the byproduct of fracking, that waste fluid, is being disposed of. So, for instance, if we were to say to the natural gas industry, sure, frack away. Frack yourselves senseless, um, but don't inject the waste fluid into the ground. Put it in storage tanks. Well, then maybe we'd never have seismic activity of the magnitude that these injection wells are causing. But at the same time, you're talking about a toxic byproduct that would have to be stored somewhere. Um And then I can't help but make the connection. You know, here we are with, you know, a lot of people who are against nuclear energy because of the radioactive waste and where are we going to store it and can we store it safely? Well, if we were, if we had visibility to the toxic waste fluids associated with fracking and it had to be stored above ground, I wonder if people wouldn't feel similarly. What do you think?
2: Yeah, well, I, I I was already thinking of that comparison that we. Nuclear plants produce something that we need. I, I use electricity, and I'm, I'm not ready to move into a cave right. and, and sit around a fire. Right. So I, I, I accept we need we need electricity, and, and I cook with natural gas. I mean, we need it. Right. That we 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 have to find a way to dispose of the, our waste. Exactly. I, I, I think disposing of this waste from fracking will be. Uh, an easier problem to solve than disposing of the waste from nuclear reactors
0: I think so too we have some great wastewater treatment capability and it's improving uh, with new technology and some of the companies that are working on that we've got to take a quick commercial break but when we come back much more Go Green Radio so folks don't go away we'll be right back after this quick commercial break
1: For more information about Covanta Energy, visit us today at www.covantaenergy.com. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com.
0: Welcome back to Go Green Radio. I really feel like, John, you have helped us, um, sort of unravel what, to many of us civilians in the world of, of, uh, understanding fracking and seismology might have been sort of a mystery to us about how fracking works, um, what we should be concerned about, um, and where the true issues lie in terms of the impact of fracking and the uh, disposal of the, the waste product of fracking and, and how all of that could impact our health and our safety in terms of, of earthquakes. Before the break, we were talking about the fact that it's not so much the fracking itself but the disposal of the hazardous waste that's associated with fracking that really is the problem and that maybe that's where a great deal of attention needs to be paid, uh, just the same as we do with the nuclear energy. I, I'm with you, John. I'm not against Uh, various forms of energy. I like my electricity. Um, I try to be energy efficient, but we need a lot of energy to run our our homes and our businesses. And we've got to be uh, responsible in how we deal with those energy sources from end to end. No matter whether we're talking about coal, natural gas, nuclear, whatever, there's a byproduct, there's a waste product that has to be handled safely so that it doesn't harm public health. Now, um, I know that you had a few more comments about uh, you know this issue of waste. So I wanted to give you a chance to, to wrap up your comments there.
2: Well, that that we need to dispose of this waste, and and it, it's sensible to send this this waste, which is described generously as a brine, back into the the deep geologic layers where it came from. But there's always the possibility that this pressure that you're pumping this waste in is going to go out into a fault zone and trigger earthquakes, Mm
3: -hmm.
2: earthquakes that were waiting there. I'm often asked, can you, "Can you predict if any given disposal well is going to cause earthquakes?" Uh, that's like earthquake prediction.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: That, that isn't can't be done.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: I
2: I I would believe I advocate more careful monitoring of the disposal
0: that. What, wells. Yeah, tell us more about what could be done in terms of this monitoring and what that would involve.
2: Well, right now, Ohio has a seismic network. Uh, 15 or 20 places in Ohio have a seismograph and someone looks at this data and starting in March of 2011 when magnitude 2 point something earthquakes were happening in Youngstown, these seismographs recorded those and determined locations. Of those earthquakes, Mm -hmm. that could be done more intensively, that that seismographs could have been put around this well in Youngstown specifically to monitor the effect of that well. Mm -hmm. And in in the case of this well in Youngstown, the state regulators who licensed that well ask that it be shut down now that I and, and others believe that the, the well is associated with the earthquakes there. Mm-hmm. But you, you can't instantaneously take that back now. So right. uh, if this well in Youngstown had been monitored more carefully, perhaps after the first earthquakes in March, Mm-hmm this well would have stopped injecting waste, and this waste would have been sent to other wells. Mm -hmm. And all of the earthquake activity in Youngstown could have uh, stopped by now.
0: Well, let me ask you this. I mean, even preemptively, before a well is put in, is there a type of study that could be done um, that would... Uh, show that maybe you know the, the well is well positioned or maybe not so well positioned seismically. I mean, is there something that seismologists could do even before you know the, you start to read seismic activity after the the well's already been placed? Could you go in before and say you know we bless this site <laughs> or we do not um, when a company wants to create a well?
2: Uh, I, I don't think so. It, it, it's my experience from studying the earthquakes that have occurred in the northeastern United States in the last uh, 30 years or so, mm-hmm. that uh, the earthquakes occur on faults that are minor or unknown, and then Youngstown being an example, that this, these earthquakes in Youngstown are occurring on a fault that wasn't known because it's deep enough to be hidden. And uh, perhaps, perhaps scientists could go back and and try to look more carefully at all of their data and see uh, could, if we look even harder, could we have found the fault that caused these Youngstown young earthquakes?
3: Mm-hmm. But
2: I, I doubt they could. Mm-hmm. That, uh, and even even if you know, and, and if, if you know where the faults are, you don't know if an earthquake is waiting there. Right. That uh, I, I don't think it's possible to, to predict these earthquakes that would result from injection. Mm-hmm. And if you inject into the ground for a year or 10 years, you can't suddenly take that back. And, and the, the, one person I spoke to phrased it as you can't put the genie back in the bottle.
0: Right. It's like we were talking about earlier that once you build up that pressure, it takes a while to dissipate. It it takes
2: a while to dissipate and it, and it's, to dissipate, it has to spread out. Uh In the case of Astabula, they pumped from 1986 to 96. That Uh well had a 10 year license. They didn't renew that well, that well's license, although they didn't. Acknowledge that it was causing earthquakes the largest earthquake in Ashtabula occurred in 2001 five wow. years after they stopped pumping but that the ten years of pumping wow. hadn't dissipated in five years and in the additional five years it spread out and this largest earthquake fifteen years after the start of the pumping was four or five kilometers from the well. Mm -hmm. took 15 years for the effect to get out that far.
0: It's hard for me to think that, you know, with the price that we see of natural gas currently, that, you know, the, the companies that are doing this method of extraction of natural gas could remain profitable if, in fact, they contaminate water and it's proven, if, in fact, you know, they're you know, they've got problems with toxic, you know, waste fluids that, uh, you know, that are causing all sorts of problems. Um, what do you think that the government or public policymakers could be doing that would help mitigate both, you know, the, the public health issues that may be associated with this method of extraction and also, you know, help the companies adopt best practices that will, You know, maybe a little bit more upfront cost, but would ultimately protect them from causing the kind of of problems that they're being accused of of causing in terms of wastewater, you know, or water contamination and and what have you. I, I know that scientists oftentimes don't necessarily get into, you know, public policy in a strong way, but what are some recommendations from a scientific point of view that you think would be prudent?
2: Well, I, I, I've thought about this in a broader sense. And, you know, I, I, listening to the business news on the radio when I'm driving, I hear that the price of natural gas is being driven down because the, this fracking is like a gold rush. Mm-hmm. And, and they're, they're producing, you know, maybe this gold rush is a little bit uh, too much of a rush.
3: Mm-hmm. And,
2: and it need it needs to be paced more slowly. And, and a conference that I went to discussing opening this, uh, fracking in New York State. I, 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 thought there was a nice theme at this conference that it, here, here we have something that, uh, some, some, a treasure that we have found. Something that we will have this, this gas that we can produce from the fracking will provide our energy for, for the next 10 years perhaps mm-hmm. but we need we need to n- not get drunk and blow it right you know? we, we need we need to take uh, take advantage of this 10 years of a local source of energy and use it wisely and get start a transition into renewables
0: well said
2: and, and, I think and that's you, you've some somehow you know know, tax this natural gas and use that to in- enforce investment into renewables. Right. You know, we, you know, we, we don't, uh, as, as I was describing, it, we don't get, get drunk for 10 years and and use this natural gas from fracking, and then, uh, you know, t- uh, 10 years from now, we, we wake up with a hangover, and uh, we don't know what we're doing. You know, well, and I, I think mean, what you've said that it's is renewables.
0: perfect. And 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 as we come to a close on this episode, I want to thank you for for joining us, John. And I think that that's exactly right. If we treat this natural gas treasure as a transitional energy source, and, and we do it responsibly, we do it in a way that maintains public health and well-being. Uh, we can begin. We can buy a little time as we begin to move towards sensible renewable energy options and increasing our portfolio of green energy and and done well this could be this could be a great thing for our country thanks for joining us and uh, we'll be back next week same time same place with more go green radio